Hello and welcome to the Digital Insight, the technology, procurement and supply chain podcast that delivers valuable C-level perspective into the core issues surrounding business transformation and digital disruption. Each episode will bring you the most inspiring executive insights from those who are leading transformation strategies within the world's biggest and best-known companies. The Digital Insight. Disrupt. Transform. Evolve. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Insight Bite Size, where today we take a look at corporate wellness. The COVID-19 pandemic and the subsequent shift towards working from home has changed the way we work entirely, forcing a lot of companies to think, perhaps for the very first time, about corporate wellness. We've all been forced to transform our kitchen spaces, our spare bedrooms and even worktops into our new workplaces. Our very homes are now our offices. But what does this do for our corporate wellness? And how does a business look to understand and define corporate wellness and what it means to its employees? Exploring this for us is Nicole Wolf, Senior Director and Head of Corporate Program at ClassPass, the world's largest business-to-consumer fitness and wellness network. But before we tackle where we are with corporate wellness, it's important to understand where we were. It's no secret that businesses can and already do offer wellness provisions and work perks, and the biggest area these perks are focused on is our health and our fitness. Yeah, I think prior to COVID and this crazy year, I mean, obviously there was plethora of wellness providers out there. It's a massive industry and, you know, billions of dollars globally. And I think the the interesting part is when you go back and look at corporate wellness, quote unquote, you know, the traditional and, and where it started, a lot of it was around cost saving measures for companies, um, especially in the United States where we have, you know, we have to pay for our own health care. It comes out of an employer side of things and we don't have, um, you know, state run healthcare, we, a lot of employers looked at this and said, my gosh, this is such an expensive line item on our um, balance sheet. How do we start to mitigate these costs? And so ultimately it started off as a way to say, hey, we have these really key health issues, i.e. smoking or, uh, you know, heart disease or whatever it might be. And so initially it was really mitigation strategies as ways for employers to try to tackle those costs. And I think as wellness has evolved, right? It's, it's, it's not always the brightest and, and loveliest message to receive from your employer that, hey, you're, you're really overweight and you need to figure that out so you're not costing us money. Um, it's sort of evolved into a bit of a softer message. And I think ultimately where we are now is, um, especially as a lot of millennials came into the workplace, um, it's just become something that's almost an a requirement for a lot of employees um, because it's become such a part of their lives. And I think fitness is an easy introduction into wellness for a lot of employees um, and employers to, to introduce something that's, that's fairly low lift. Um, people know what it is. It's not this big, scary thing. So our employers are now looking at ways to improve our corporate wellness. But as we work from home, Are we prepared to be told what we should be doing with our time? How do we as employees feel about being offered these business perks? Naturally, some of us will relish them and feel loved and more appreciated by our employers, especially when we need them the most. But for others, well, they may very well feel like those resources could be better spent elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot uh, in that question. And I think that the, the first and foremost, I think nobody wants to be told what they have to do, right? Especially when it comes to their personal health and well-being. And I think wellness has evolved to be able to provide solutions that really do meet people where they are. 
um, and, and what they need. So I think that's, that's one thing that we've seen as we've seen the evolution of wellness in the workplace, it hasn't become quite as big brothery and it's become a bit more, um, you know, options for people and different, you know, various things like, you know, there used to be the 10,000 step challenges and all those sort of things that, that used to happen. And I think a lot of um, wellness vendors have also gotten smart where they're doing uh, pay per active as opposed to pay per eligible employee. So um, you're only paying for the people that, you know, participate. So I think that's one way that they've sort of mitigated some of those challenges around um, overall participation and engagement. Um, but you're right. I mean, engagement remains low uh, in a way for, for a lot of these wellness activities, right? On the 20, 30, 40, maybe 50% if you're lucky. Um, and so you're looking at potentially only half of your employee base really in that health and fitness focus. Um, and part of it is that some people are already have their own routines. And then, you know, the vast majority are likely to in the camp of, I don't really want to do this at work, right? I'm not going to be the person that puts spandex on with my coworkers and goes take a yoga class in the, you know, <laughs> the cafeteria at lunchtime. So I think there's, there's a mix of that. Um, but ultimately what it comes down to is that when you look at the data, the healthier your workforce is, the more productive it, it comes down to. So it, I think there are real cost savings and real returns when it comes to the health and well-being of your employees. And um, you know, I, I hate to put it into dollars and cents because I think it's really important that you have these options. It's great for culture. It's great for morale. It's great for team building. But I think there's also some real business impact when it comes to a healthier workforce. Um, and I think that's ultimately why employers have, have continued to invest. It's clear that the very understanding as to what corporate wellness means has evolved and it's continuing to evolve to this very day. As much as we would love to be able to have one single definition for corporate wellness, the fact of the matter is, there just simply isn't one. My understanding of corporate wellness is very different from yours, and yours could be very different from your friends, your colleagues, and from your employers. So how do we go about defining and understanding what corporate wellness means, from business to business, from person to person? I think that's the million dollar question in a way, right? Because I think every employ employer, every company has its own, own unique culture too, right? So there's going to be certain cultures where this is embraced and really part of the DNA of a business. And there's going to be ones that this is so far from, you know, the culture and, and it's very uncomfortable. And, you know, it could be, a, it could be something that companies are using to help improve culture. There's lots of ways that corporate wellness shows up in the workplace. I think that sometimes what happens is wellness gets lumped into this, like, oh, this is a really cool, fun perk. And then they're surprised when it fails. And I think that's why you've seen, um, you know, HR teams are incorporating wellness managers now to really think about the strategy. And they, they, they do need to think about measurable, measurable results when it comes to the solutions they're providing. And so, you know, I hate to, to say a survey, but that is a really effective way to, to get a sense of what your employees need. Um, looking at healthcare data in terms of, you know, if you can receive that and get it from either your you know, medical provider, whatever it might be, um, is also an effective way. And, and But I think ultimately understanding what your employees are looking for um, and starting to, to get a pulse check on that is a really important factor. And then designing a program that allows you to measure your success and measure your results. So, um, you know, I think it's important to, to sort of get those initial survey results, really think about how you're going to engage your employees. Internal communications is a really important factor here too. So ensuring that you sort of think through the engagement strategy, 
how are you going to measure? Um, and then how do you report back to the employees and make sure they're seeing the, the sort of excitement and, and the things that are happening on that level of, of the corporate wellness side and involve them in the process? And I think those companies that provide those solutions and have those uh, you know, thoughtful approaches when it comes to wellness are the most successful. As part of a recent study conducted by ClassPass, which looked at COVID-19 and the conversation surrounding corporate wellness, it's been revealed that 70% of professionals now consider fitness benefits as the most valuable benefit a business can provide them outside of healthcare. It's no secret that fitness has been an important part of routines for many professionals. Four in five of them say that fitness activities are crucial to their new work-from-home routine, and 25% say that they're exercising more. Looking a little further, 96% say that they feel more motivated and less stressed after exercising, 89% feel more productive during the workday after exercising, and 1 in 5 are now using their previous commute times as a time to exercise. So the numbers don't lie. The routine of the professional has evolved dramatically over the last 12 months. But how are employers going to address this challenge of catering to the newly empowered workforces, ones that have much more understanding and control over their own time and indeed their own corporate wellness? I mean, in a way, COVID-19 has really been a reset button for everyone, right? It's given us all time, obviously lots of time at home, but you think about what are the right strategies for your employees, for yourself, uh, for the company, and, and you know, whether it's business strategy, whether it's employee engagement, whatever it might be, I think it's given those opportunities in a way, and thinking about trying to find some silver linings in this pandemic, I think that's one that's, that's come out as it's given people a chance to sort of take a step back and and reassess what they have. And, um, you know, I, ultimately, I think there has been uh, a lot more effort and attention paid to employee engagement and how we connect. Um, I think we all know the, the Zoom fatigue is real. And, you know, after being on Zoom calls all day, it can be pretty exhausting. And the last thing you probably want to do is get on a happy hour Zoom with your coworkers. And so what are things that you can do to provide your employees, um, you know, that time and whether it's taking walking meetings so you have a phone call instead of a zoom call um, or providing things like you know a private live stream class that you can do with your coworkers instead of doing a happy hour i think companies have gotten a lot more creative around that um, and i think mental health is a, a, an area that's come up that i don't think a lot of employers were necessarily ready to dive into but the reality is i think they've had to and have had to think about their strategies there so um, it, it's been an interesting time but i think we're probably going to come out of this in a much better uh, environment to talk about wellness and well-being and, and employee health because, you know, it, you just can't ignore it, right? We all know that how important it is and, and what it ultimately means for the bottom line of a company. And I think the other interesting thing is that, you know, when we look at the, the data that we've pulled from our users, you know, 25% more are you are exercise are 25% are exercising more uh, since the start of COVID. So I think there's also this chance to sort of like, okay, I don't have those two hours of commute time. I can use it to exercise. Um, you know, people are doing a lot more and I think it's starting to create a routine for them um, because they've had to be, they sort of forced themselves into these like, okay, I get up and, you know, what do I do? I go right to my computer. If I use that time to to exercise, I'll, I'll have a chance to sort of separate my day. And so I think we're seeing a lot more of that where people are recognizing how important it is um, and, you know, recognizing the importance of, of fitness when it comes to the routines um, for, you know, in this COVID landscape. Yeah, I think the interesting part is it's 
again, allowed employers to think about what tools and resources they're providing their employees. So um, we know that stress is really a, a hot topic, right? If you have kids, you have people you have to take care of, whatever it might be, right? There's almost no more separation, right? You're just sort of going from your bedroom to your living room and back. And so the thing that's been interesting for us is we've seen that uh, people are using fitness as a way to structure their days. So it's a, like four out of five of our users said that fitness activities were crucial to establishing a new work from home routine. So being able to use fitness as sort of your, you know, starting point and ending points is, a, is an interesting thing that's happened. And I think something that we've, we've started to see, and I think employers can start to sort of pick up on that trend as well. But listen, this has been a pretty significant shift in terms of, you know, stress and how people are doing this. We know that, uh, you know, if we look at the employees, we surveyed 71% of them felt less connected to their employer employees as a result of COVID. Um, there's very little work-life balance. There's lack of motivation. Um, and, and we have to really think about how we address that. And I think employers really need to think about that. So it'll be an interesting challenge to see how long we're able to sort of maintain this. Um, and as we go back to work, what does that transition look like for these employees? And, and that will be its own challenge, right? After sort of adjusting our habits to be worked from home, how it will be going back to the office after this. For every employee who's living their best life now that they're at home in their own environment, in charge of their own time, there's one or two or maybe even three who are missing the connectedness that comes from being in the office. 71% of employees say that they feel less connected to co-workers and they face additional challenges such as striking the right work-life balance, they have a lack of motivation, they feel more burnt out and stressed, having to share space with others, and also the lack of home office setup or an inadequate home office setup. But what happens then when we come out the other side of this pandemic and the office doors begin to open again? How are employers going to tackle this particular challenge? Can it simply be a case of catering to those who do like to be at home versus those who don't? Uh, but I actually think the connectedness will be the thing that drives everybody back, right? We desperately still want to have those sort of water cooler chats or whatever it might be with your your colleagues. And I hear it from my team all the time and they're, you know, it's hard to, I just got off a call with a customer. I want to be able to just, you know, talk across the desk and creating those experiences virtually is really difficult. And so I have a sense, I have a feeling that um, it'll be a hybridization approach. Um, you know, maybe you're in the office part-time, maybe you go in one day a week and you're with your entire team. Um, maybe there are a lot more uh, you know, off-site type of events where everybody comes together for one week a quarter. Um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of creativity in that space. And I actually think it's a really exciting time um, because I, I also know, you know, if you have a partner at home or you have kids at home, there's a, something also about like, I can't do this. This is hard, right? I have to deal with my five-year-old sitting on a Zoom call, trying to balance my partner on a call with their work. Like there's a lot of, of distractions that can come with that too. So I do know there will be a level, a, a certain number of people that will want to go back to work. Um, and then there's probably a certain percentage that just want to be remote always. And I think that employers have to be flexible around those options. The sad reality is, is that the pandemic shows no signs of slowing down. For many around the world, we are all still working from home and we will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. 
So what can business leaders learn from this experience? What will the future conversations around corporate wellness look like? I think out of crisis, there comes opportunity. And I think that there's a reason why so many businesses started after the 2008 financial crisis. I think a lot of people get creative and are trying to figure out ways to to move the ball forward. And I think that will be the, the, the story that comes out of this is that wellness will shift. And I think that's an exciting thing, right? It's moved from the, you have to get your biometric screening so we can tell you how overweight you are to, okay, we're going to have this flexible workspace. We need to be able to offer solutions for everybody, no matter where they are. And I think that's a really exciting thing to think about. Um, and it expands the horizons and the possibilities for corporate wellness. Um, so it isn't just about getting your flu shot um, and, and getting your biometric screening, right? It's, it's so much broader than that. It, it allows employers and employees to be a lot more creative around the what wellness means to them. I think it's going to be huge for the mental health conversation, which I think is something that, that has been a little scary for people to talk about. Um, and I think it's created an environment that we recognize that it's really hard to separate work from uh, home. And I, and I think there is just that reality of humanizing the workplace, humanizing your colleagues and knowing that, you know, we're all sort of in this together. And I hope we continue that trend. And, and I hope that the sort of industry evolves uh, with it. And we see that that continue as we move forward out of out of this pandemic. So do you agree with Nicole? Are there real cost savings and real returns when it comes to the health and well-being of your employees? Do you believe that the lack of connectedness is what's going to drive people to go back to the office? And what is your understanding of your own corporate wellness and that of your employees? Let us know in the comments below. Thank you for listening to the Digital Insight Podcast in association with the interface.net and cpostrategy.com. The Digital Insight is brought to you by B2E Media Limited. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to subscribe, rate and review. And don't forget to check out our podcast archive at www.b2e-media.com forward slash the digital insight.